do this. What is going on everybody and welcome to another episode of PJ Talks. My name is Robert and today Pastor James is still gone. He is still in Israel, so we have a special guest with us to carry on another week of PJ Talks, and that is my good friend, the homie, the homie, Pastor Bart Height. What is happening? How are you, friend? I'm good. I'm good. I literally just got off work. I know. (laughs) I'm excited to talk to you today because today's topic is kind of all about the marketplace. Yeah. You are a bivocational pastor here at New Life, yep. but not just a pastor at New Life. You are one of our campus pastors, mm-hmm. which means you're leading the ship for a whole community of faith underneath yeah. the umbrella of New Life. Yeah. That's I've been, super exciting. Yeah, I've been doing bivocational pastoring, well, 20 plus years because I've always had a job even when I was youth pastor. I'm excited to get into it and just kind of figure out like how it is in the workplace mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But before we get to that, okay. I want to say two things. <laughs> Number one, I'm going to tell people kind of about you. Okay, okay. Let's see. I and wanna... this is kind of based off of just your Instagram bio. So <laughs> I just Bart, changed it too. <laughs> yeah, Pastor Bart has a Instagram bio that I think is pretty funny. So you are a pastor, campus pastor here at New Life Church. You are a husband to an amazingly beautiful, my absolute favorite person, yeah, Lori awesome. Height. Your beautiful wife is yep. absolutely amazing. She's a drummer. Yep. She's a stud. She's a singer. <laughs> Yeah, she can. She's, and she's becoming a preacher. She's just great. Yeah, she actually gave her first half message this past yep. weekend. Yeah, she did. Did a great job. She's awesome. But also, you are a pro wrestling historian, <laughs> as I would place it. Yes. You can tell me everything from the time it was two divisions of WWE and WWF mm-hmm. to when they collided yeah. and like all that good stuff. Yeah. But you are also a wannabe theologian. I study. I like to study stuff, read books. Like literally, um, my favorite book to read and pick up just for fun is The Foundations of Pentecostal Theology. Just to read it. Just to say, hey, what's up? Yeah. I like like to just look up theology and so I call myself a wannabe theologian. A wannabe theologian. I like it. But you also have on there, you're a bacon lover. I love bacon. Bacon is the candy of meats. It makes everything better. I get giddy just talking about it. Have you ever had the deep fried bacon that's offered here in town? Yes. So who, for everybody who doesn't know, here in town we have a place called Airport Cafe. That's yes. what it's called, right? Yep. We have an airport cafe and they deep fry the bacon. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I thought bacon was good already. I mean, that's next level bacon. It's next level bacon. It's so good. It's even better on a burger. I've not had it on a burger. Have you ever had a 50-50 burger? No. It's 50% beef, 50% bacon. Wow. They sell it at 24th Street Cafe. These are all plugs for food, yeah. as you can I, see. That we're... As you can tell, <laughs> I, I love the food. Oh, stop. No. We are foodies. <laughs> but hey, so anything else I should add to your edification before we get started? <laughs> My edification. No, man. Um, you Wait. You're a pop. You're a papa. Oh, my dog. Yeah. My, Sugar bear. My baby. Sugar bear. Yep. He texted me today and said, hey, you know, or I texted him, said, what time are we doing this? And he's like, let's say about five. I'm like, okay, I got to go home and let Sugar Bear out. And I'm just like, I am a father. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're whipped by a dog. Oh, dude. Dog, I love her so much. You love that dog. Yeah, I do. So tell me about your job job. What is it exactly that you, Bart Height, not Pastor Bart, mm-hmm. but Bart Height do on a Monday through Friday? I work for State Farm Insurance. I am what they call uh, an, in underwriting services. I um, service policyholders in California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, Arizona, Michigan, Illinois, 
in Indiana and sometimes Missouri. AKA you're a big deal. Uh, <laughs> I wish I was a big <laughs> deal, but um, I'm part of a team that's spread across the United States. There's seven of us here in Bakersfield. The rest are in Indiana, Illinois, Tempe, and Dallas. And then my boss is in Denver, Colorado. Wow. So you yeah. guys are like a full blown, like, yeah, we're, we're, we are a virtual enterprise team. Yeah. Wow. So I, I'm not a California employee. I'm considered an enterprise employee. That's kind of cool. Though. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And now is that full-time job 40 hours a week? Full-time 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday. Being in the marketplace, has that allowed you a bigger opportunity for spreading the gospel or how does that work? It's allowed me a big opportunity to spread the gospel. Um, everybody knows, they know that I am a Christ follower. They know that I'm a pastor. Um, they know who they can come to when they have issues, when they have problems. I've actually married six couples that I've worked with. No way. Yeah, I've done their weddings. I've done their premarital counseling. No yeah. way. Um, there was one couple that they were, we worked together. We literally, they, they just, they both got saved. They both came to knowledge of Jesus. And we went to a conference room with two witnesses one day. And I just did a quick little ceremony in a conference room. And got bada bing, bada boom, Pastor Bart. Yeah, got it done. You know, it's, 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 it's cool. Um, I'm not the type that I live my faith. I'm a light that shines in the dark on that city on the hill, but I'm not going to thump my Bible and get in their face about it. Mm. But if God gives me a word for them, you know, I will, I will tell them, okay, do you want to hear from Bart or do you want to hear from pastor Bart? Do you want to hear from your friend or do you want to hear from a pastor? Do you turn your brain off via like pastoral Bart in Friend Bart, or I don't how think, do you do I that? I don't think there's a way to turn off that brain. My brain, I, I'm very left brain, right brain. I can compartmentalize. There are some times where I'm just sitting there, and I, I can be working away, and I'll get a thought about a sermon, an idea, or something. Maybe I'm listening to a sermon by somebody on a podcast, or, or I have it on YouTube on my phone, and I just have it playing, and I'll get a thought, and I'll just grab a sticky note, write it down, or I'll just pick up my phone, do a quick voice memo, and put it down. And it's just, it's just something I, I, you can't turn this off. I've been doing this too long. You know, 20 some odd years I've been doing this. I can't turn it off. There's no turning it off. Would you want to turn it off even? Some days I wish I could. To be honest, some days it's like, I just want to turn my brain off and just, just be Bart. Yeah. But I, I have taken this responsibility very, very seriously. And I believe the call of a pastor and a shepherd, a prophet, whatever you want to call me. I believe it's it's something that you can't turn off. You should not turn off. It's cool, you know. I'm there for a lot of friends, and uh, and I work with people that go to New Life. Like I literally walk through the halls at work and go, "Hey, Pastor." I'm like, "Hey, how you doing? What campus do you go to?" <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I have to because I don't know, you know. And then I get to know them. I see them, and it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. You mentioned you don't Bible thumb. Mm-hmm. So how, when talking to somebody who doesn't have a relationship with Christ, do you even start shepherding them without Bible thumping them? It's using wisdom. It's just using, it's, I'm very big. We've had this conversation about language. I'm very big on language. I'm not going to say, well, the Bible says, I'll just say, you know what? Sometimes it's better to forgive. Sometimes it's better just to give grace because maybe there was a time in your life where grace was given to you and they don't really know that I'm actually quoting the Bible. Because everybody knows the word grace. They know what grace is. They know what giving grace is. But they don't know the meaning behind it. So when they want, they'll say, well, I've had somebody ask me that. What do I do? I'm like, well, you need to forgive them. Well, why? Well, is there a time you were forgiven? Yeah. Well, then maybe you need to forgive too. 
And they'll say, well, what do you mean? That's the open door. I'm like, do you have 15, have you taken your break yet? No, you got 15 minutes? Yeah, let's go. So I can sit down with them. This is what I mean. And then I can kind of share the gospel with them. How do you even transition that way? It's, it's kind of cool. Take you me sit through down, it. I'll sit down and I'll, I'll say, okay, what do you know about forgiveness? And they'll, well, you know, you, you just say, I'm sorry. And, I, you know, and I'll, I'll tell them, yeah, that's, that's part of it. I said, but, you know, I'll tell them, um, let, me, let, me, let me rephrase that. I'll say, what do you, what, what does forgiveness mean to you? And they'll tell me. And I'll say, can I give you what forgiveness means to me? And I'll use the word personally. Why is there a difference between personally? Because then I can share them my own personal experience with forgiveness. And that's when I can bring Jesus into the conversation. Wow. Yeah. That's your segue. That's my segue. It's your testimony. Yeah. And then some people will just come up and go, Bart, can you pray for me? Them just asking for prayer opens the door. Their hearts are ready. They want something. I had a friend, my friend one time was having marital problems. And she goes, can you pray for me? And I went, yeah, I can. And I, then I asked her, what's going on? And then I got into some, some stuff. And then she's like, what should I do? And I, and I asked her, are you asking from Bart? Or are you asking from your friend who's a pastor? And she said, I want to hear from my friend, the pastor. Opens doors. Little things like that just open the doors in the marketplace. Your job is very specific in the sense that you are behind a desk. I'm in a cubicle. You are not allowed to leave necessarily unless you have to go to the bathroom. And even then, it's sometimes sketchy. Yeah, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> if I have to go to the bathroom, go to lunch. Or I'm also what they consider, I'm an IT guy. So I also, if people's computers are broken, I get up and go. But but my 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 job is to sit at my desk and pull stuff out of queue and work. Yeah. How hard is that to... Feel the stirring for your campus or for your ministry and not be allowed to move until five o'clock. It's hard. It's difficult, especially when you have this sitting there and you're getting emails and text messages and phone calls. And there's sometimes that I'll just pick up the phone. I'll look at the clock. I got some time. I'll shoot. I'll answer a quick email or I'll answer a quick text. Or um, if the phone rings and I see that it's Pastor James, he doesn't call me unless it's Unless it's uh, really important, so I'll pick up the phone and say, "Hey, give me like five minutes." Yeah. Then I'll call him. Go to a conference. I'll conference room. Call him back. But I have to be very cognizant because I want to be respectful of they're paying me to be there to work, not paying me to do church business. So I want to be very respectful of the time. So what's the tips for the people? Because I know that a lot of people who watch this podcast, a reoccurring question mm-hmm. is. This is great content, but how do I implement this in my work? Mm-hmm. So how are you implementing those God moments? You said earlier you do the sticky notes, mm-hmm. but is there anything else that you're doing? I do a lot of praying when I'm at my desk, especially like if I'm just like in a mood and I want to put on some worship and I, you know, I just, I just, just mouth, just prayers. I'm, at, I'm just, I'm in, I'm in an angle so no one can really see me so I can really, I can pray. But there's times where I do get stirrings and I'll admit I've had to get up off my desk and go into a stairwell, especially like, for example, the, the, the day I felt the call to go to Terrace campus, I was at my desk. I just got back from lunch and I had a few minutes and I felt something sock me in the chest and I had to get up and go pray about it and call pastor James right then and there. It's just one of those things you, it, it, 
God moments are hard to escape. You can't, I shouldn't say it's hard to escape. You can't escape a God moment. When Kairos moments, when those God moments happen, you got to let them manifest. And I believe that God, that, that there's grace given, but also I think God's giving me influence where I am to, for me to be able to kind of flow in a different way. Um, with with my management and I and especially with my supervisor being in Colorado my team being virtual and my really not being hovered over I can get up every once in a while and just kind of get away but I still like I said one and I believe God is a God of order God is a God is a, the Holy Spirit is is a gentleman and I believe and I and if I look back in, in the 20 years I've been with the with State Farm 20 years in the 20 years I look at all the times that the, of the interruptions I've gotten those I call them uh oh here comes Jesus moments <laughs> uh oh Jesus moments. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I get those uh oh here comes Jesus moments I've noticed that it's always at a time where I'm at, like it's time for me to take a break or go fill my water like I look down oh I need my my water bottles empty so it gives me time to get up and get some water so it gives me a good couple minutes to walk to the water fountain to the water machine downstairs to the microwave wherever i need to go get my thoughts together make some notes make a pray real quick do something and go back and and be able to still be a good employee you felt the call to go to terrace campus Mm -hmm. when that happened you Mm -hmm. just said earlier that you called pastor james Mm -hmm. and i know there's a a side story that Mm -hmm. Lori was not on board. Oh, Lori was not on board. She was like, I'm staying in Northwest. Because we were we were in Northwest. That was yes. home. I was leading worship with Cassie. I was, I was, then on top, I was a teaching pastor. So I was floating at every campus or every campus, the two campuses that we had at the time. And then I was emceeing. But I, but I really wasn't stable. At, I was stable at Northwest. I shouldn't say I wasn't. I was stable at Northwest. But Lori was, Northwest is home. All her friends are there. Families there is where our family goes, and when I told her I feel called the terrace, it was a, it was a, it was, yeah. <laughs> what was that moment like? Making that decision and saying, okay, I will have to be bivocational. Mm-hmm. How does that even start? What did you do to discern that? Well, no, going over to terrace was going over just to help with, you know, just to implement the systems of new life and our culture help them with culture, help them with, with our, our vision, our values. Let me, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you okay, off. That's fine. I love that, but uh-huh. I really want to get uh, specific <clears throat> on <throat> somebody right now who's listening, feeling prompted to start a ministry, to mm-hmm. start a small group or something like that, but feels confined in their job. Mm-hmm. You as being a pastor mm-hmm. already starting, yeah. what was the difference though between going from just being someone who goes to church and is a part mm-hmm. of a church to someone who is now a leader in the church, but being bi- bivocational? That's a good question. You got to stump me there. I got to think about that. So being a leader and being bivocational, there's, it, I think it depends on the segment of leader you are. So at first, when I was at Terrace, I was a connect pastor. I was implementing, I was helping implement. I was just going to be there to be the face of new life at Terrace. Then we launch. And so that's what my, then I become connect pastor. So I had a little bit more responsibility, but I didn't have to check emails all the time. Didn't have to do this all the time, do that all the time. But then in July, when we became campus pastor, that whole thing shifted. I had to get back to the thinking of, I now have a major responsibility. How am I going to handle that plus working a full-time job? And it took a lot of prayer and asking God, I need you to give me ideas 
on how to be able. So for anybody out there who is, who is in, in a leadership position where, where you are, you are bivocational and you are a leader and you are hardcore deep in it, you really have to pray and the Holy Spirit give you ideas on how you're going to do this. So it sounds to me like the person looking at it right now saying, okay, I feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit and wants to have this global ministry yeah. needs to crawl first. You need to crawl first. I so, crawled first. It sounds like there's a ton of sacrifice yeah, in this. Yeah, it's a ton of sacrifice. You lose time. So if anybody wants to go, you, I used to tell my kids, they used to think, I tell my spiritual sons and daughters this to this day. You, if you feel called to ministry, it does not mean you're going to go and go full-time at a church with all these benefits and this big salary. Who has a big salary I, at the church? I know. I'm, they think, <laughs> well, they, they see all the celebrities. Yeah. They see the, they see the worship leaders and they see the pastors and they think they're going to have all this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You think you're going to go to Hillsong college and you're going to be a worship leader and then you're going to go and be a worship leader at one of the largest churches in America and making a certain amount of money and doing certain things. No, that's not going to happen. You're going to have to go to school. You're going to have to get your degree. You're going to have to get a job for a while. You're going to gonna have to work. work. I'm 41 years old right now, and I'm still working a full-time job. I've never been full-time at a church. Maybe someday God will bless me with that. But right now, I need to, I need to be a good steward of what I have. And that's, I think that's the thing that we miss as bivocational ministers, stewardship. Just because you're a pastor does not mean that your job should suffer. If you can find one word, only one word mm -hmm. to describe the feeling that being the light in the marketplace gives you. What is that word? Ecstatic. Why ecstatic? Because there's just this, it's electricity that 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 when when you're when you're seeing people that you look, I see some of these people more than I see my wife. Yeah, I mean you're at work. I'm at work all with, the time. I'm, I'm with them five days a week. You know, forty hours a week. You know. It, it, 300 and some odd days a year. Um, three, well, about 359 days a year. Cause we don't get a lot of days off <laughs> um, or whatever. But, um, but when, when you, you see them ask, Hey, can you pray with me? And you know, they're, they're asking that because they respect who you are as a, as a Christ follower, as a pastor. And then as their friend, and knowing that, that 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 you see the light go on in their eyes when you're when you're counseling them, you're just sitting there at lunch and somebody says something and you you say, hey, can I chime in? And they'll, yeah, I want your advice on this. And then I do the whole Bart or Pastor. They'll say Pastor, but then seeing the light come on in their eyes and then the tears and them not caring who's around, but feeling the Holy Spirit just fill that that table in a conference room or that cafeteria table or even walking outside around the building here just filling the holy spirit just grab them so i've seen so many of my friends get saved because i've just said hey can you you want to you know you want to pray you don't have to go to my church just go somewhere it's not it's to me it's not about new life it's not about 
it's it's about the kingdom it's about it's about the kingdom in general it's just about the one soul i've always said it's about that one soul i don't care if they're going to valley bible first assembly celebration church of the northwest where Lori and i went whether they're going to valley baptist or first presbyterian or new life church as long as they've given their life to jesus christ that's one soul saved from hell and one soul that's populated heaven as pastor james would say shout out pastor james but that's that's what makes me ecstatic. That's what gives me those goosebumps. That's why I'm so passionate about about this call. That's why I say I tell people this is why I do what I do. This is why I work hard full time and I work hard at the church. I work just as hard at the church as I work at work. That's why is that one person, that one soul. When my buddy Russ calls me on the phone crying because his little boy died and all he wants me to do is just to pray with him. That's that's what's worth it. Is he has he gotten has he come to knowledge of Jesus Christ yet? Not yet, but I am an influencer in his life. You're planting the seeds. Uh, seeds, dude. So many seeds have been planted. Any closing thoughts? Don't. If you're bivocational, I would just tell you. Don't. Don't think you're above having a job. That's Jesus good. had to make money somehow. He was a carpenter. Paul was a tent maker. They had to make money somehow. They had to work. And we have to work. And we have to be good stewards over what we do. Um, I have, I honestly I have friends who, like I said, they've never worked a real job in their life. I'm not saying that ministry is not a real job. Don't get me wrong. But they've never had to go out in the marketplace and work. They've always done ministry. Yeah. And that's what their lives have consisted of. So... I hope that something I, I hope that someday if there comes a time in my life where I'm not having to work full time and, and I can work for New Life Church or wherever God's going to lead me in the future. Don't know. But I hope that one day I can sit somebody down and help them when they say, I don't want to be bivocational. I want to do this full time. Son, daughter, you are doing this full time <laughs> because this doesn't shut off. It's a yeah. full time job. You, you know, so I just want to encourage people just, just do it, enjoy it. Just, you'll, fi- it's not hard to figure out. You'll figure it out. The first time you overextend yourself, oh, you're going to figure it out. Believe me, I've done it multiple times. <laughs> yes, I've gotten the phone calls. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Help me. Help me. <laughs> Bart, thank you so much for being a part of PJ Talks today. I know Pastor James really appreciates you stepping in for his absence while he's floating in the Dead Sea. I know. I feel feel honored to be able to sit here and and you still got a bald guy with glasses and a goatee. Hey, that is true. It still works. It still works. It still works. Hey. He's having a great time though in Israel. If you have not checked out his, actually, I'm going to talk to these guys now. If you have not checked out his Instagram page or Facebook, you need to. He's posting stories and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's pretty funny. I love it though, but like today, it was a cool picture of him praying at the rock that Jesus prayed at in Gethsemane. Oh, I haven't seen that. I saw that on the story today and I was like, I can't wait till the day I get to go. Yeah. I want to go next year. Yeah. We're going next year. 18 months or whenever. I don't know, but I want to go. Yes. Yes. Hey, if you liked what you saw today or if Bart has impacted you with his stories today, shoot us an email at podcast, the at sign nlc.life. We would love to hear from you. Also, don't forget the impact conference is coming up soon. There is a link in the description below for you to register and purchase your tickets for impact. And we have Ephraim Smith, Lydia, James, Mm -hmm. and a couple other 
great pastors that are coming out for that impact leadership conference. And that's for people bivocational. bivocational. It's for anybody. Listen, I think even before going in, I would just being a teaching pastor, I, I'd go to impact because it was just a filling time for me. That is, it's great. Yeah. You know, I'm usually on the stage playing keys or doing something or leading worship, but still at the same time, all the sessions were they're they're great for people who are who are vocational ministers, bivocational, or you're just in the marketplace and you're just a layperson wanting to get some ideas and just get filled. I love it. Yeah. So don't forget Impact Conference. And then as always, thanks for watching PJ Talks, and we will catch you guys next week as Pastor James returns. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> he returns. He does. He returns. We've missed the captain yeah. of our ship. Yeah. But we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching.